Blog Talk Radio. hearing the sounds of that music again. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, and I'm also the author of On Location, a film and TV lover's travel guide. I'm back (laughs) with the third season of Real Travels, and I'm so sorry that I have not been doing the podcast for the last few months, but I do have good reason. The last several months have been so busy Let's start off with the fact that my daughter graduated college, so we had all those last-minute college things going on. Congratulations to her. Um, I had surgery on my hands for a condition called Dupuytren's, and if you've ever seen a really odd kind of commercial with a hand that's bent and talks to the woman saying, we don't play piano anymore, that's me, except I only have one finger that's bent and needed surgery, and I'm wearing a brace to try to straighten it. So in the meantime, I was on deadline for another travel book, which I'm going to mention in just a little while, and I'm starting to downsize my home, getting ready to put it on the market now that my daughter's graduated, and 20 years of stuff to go through and organize is so hard, so that's kind of eaten up a lot of my time every single day and trying to just do my regular work, so it hasn't really left me a lot of time, but I wanted to change that. So my goal right now is to sell my home, move to a smaller place, and buy an RV so I can hit the road. I plan over the next six months to a year to start bringing you film and TV travel shows live and in person, and I'm so excited that it's getting closer for me to be able to do that. We only have one car right now, so I've been helping to drive my daughter to her job, and while I do that, I've been listening to these really awesome podcasts to help me get ready for the next phase of my life. So I want to take a minute to give a shout-out because, you know, you listen to podcasts like my own or somebody else's, and sometimes we don't know if, like, you're enjoying them or, you know, if if you listen to them regularly. So I wanted to give a shout-out to the podcasts that I've actually thoroughly enjoyed And right now there are uh, two that I'm actually obsessed with. One of them is called the RV Podcast, and Mike and Jennifer also run RVLifestyle.com. And when I started searching for RV podcasts out there, I mean, there were a lot of them. And I've listened to several, but so far I like theirs the best. Um, It's done by Mike Wendland and his wife, Jennifer, as I mentioned. And I'm actually obsessed with going back to listen to their previous episodes, Uh, the ones that I didn't even know existed. And even though when you listen to a previous episode, some of the weekly news that's in them might be a little bit outdated, but their main content, I'm always learning something. I've learned so much, and I think I've listened to like 10 or 12 episodes so far, and every single episode I've walked away going, okay, I learned that now. Um, or I need to think about that that I didn't know about before. So it's been fantastic. Um, and I'm going to be incorporating more of my own travel tips of sorts um, and interviews 
hopefully with RVers who have taken film and TV travel trips this season on the show uh, because I want to combine my loves and, and start giving you guys not only just film and TV travel, but, you know, how to do it, how to get on the road, how to get out there and see the things you want to see and maybe how to stay healthy and how to save money traveling and all the different things that a traveler wants to know. So I'm going to bring you that as well. Uh, the other podcast is called On the Page, and this one actually isn't new to me. I've been listening to it for a while now, but I don't miss an episode. And as much as I'm a writer and I've done magazine work and book work and all this other kind of work, I've never actually finished the script that I always wanted to finish that got me started to begin with. And On the Page is a fantastic podcast if you're a beginner or an advanced TV or film screenwriter. Um, and you're going to, again, also learn something every single episode. Uh, and she also has a lot of fun. It's hosted by Pilar Alessandra, who's a script coach. And she does a great job. And she's so well-known and well-loved in the industry. Um, and hopefully uh, everything I'm learning from her, I'm going to be putting to use and also getting the one thing I wanted to do since I was a little kid done, and that's sell a screenplay or a TV show. So I'm hoping to work on that as well. This is what you call the the second phase of your life because I've raised the kids and had the house and did the birthday parties and put the kids through school and did all the fun stuff. And now I'm kind of back to working on the things that I wanted to do. Uh, so I've also been listening to podcasts on how to speak Italian because one day I want to get to Italy. And I think I've mentioned this probably more times than anybody will tell me. Um, but I'm excited because later, you know, mentioned that I wanted to go to Italy, but I'm also excited that later this season, I'm going to have Kathy McCabe from Dream of Italy on my podcast. Um, and we have not recorded that yet. So I'm hoping nothing goes wrong and Kathy yet does end up coming on the show. But she and I are going to talk about Italian movies that inspire people to travel to Italy and I've been watching her show, Dream of Italy, on PBS, and I've been obsessed with her website and her podcast, and just, she's incredible, and I mean, I, if I could trade places with one person right now, I think it would be her, um, but she's living kind of the, the dream that a lot of people live, but I know for me, I've always wanted to travel everywhere, but the one movie that put Italy on the map for me was Under the Tuscan Sun. I know for some people it's Eat, Pray, Love. For some others, it's The Godfather. And Kathy and I are going to talk about all of that and more. So stay tuned, and I'll keep you up to date on when she's going to be on the show. So as you can see, I spend a lot of time in the car lately. I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm working as hard as possible to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Unfortunately, that means I haven't really had a lot of time this year yet to travel, which is the one thing I should be doing. Um, but, you know, we just time has just been really a problem and everybody, you know, runs into those bumps uh, in the road, so to speak. But I actually have started putting together a road trip because even though I can't get on the road in a bigger fashion yet because of my surgery and things like that, um, we could go local. So about Mystic, Connecticut is about two and a half hours away from where I live. And I decided to put a little road trip together for my daughter and I um, to get out of the house and go see some things. And we're going to spend one inexpensive night, we hope, on the road, see a bunch of things and come home. I'll keep you posted on the trip because I want to have some people 
that I've met on the trip on the show, uh, but I'm still working on putting that together. But so far, I can tell you our itinerary includes, and I'll keep with the film and TV travel, uh, the Barnum Museum in Bridgeport, Connecticut, because, of course, you know, we saw um, the movie, um, and of course, now I'm going to blank out on the name of the movie, but uh, the one with, um, oh, I'm doing well today, right? So anyway, we're going to see the Barnum Museum, uh, and we're also going to go to Mystic Pizza, because you can't go to Mystic Connecticut without going to Mystic Pizza. So my daughter and I DVR'd uh, the movie because she hadn't seen it yet. So we're going to see the movie again and then head up to Mystic to see Mystic Pizza. We're going to see the Barker Character Museum, which is also mentioned in my book, um, the Witch's Dungeon Museum is actually on our itinerary, but unfortunately they're not open until October, but they're in the same vicinity. So if you decide to make the same kind of trip, you know, and you go in the fall, it's a great place to include. I'm going to stop by the Catherine Hepburn Theater and Museum in the lobby. There is, um, a, you know, a display about Catherine Hepburn, and I, you know, I'm going to go check that out again with my daughter. And then the movie The Stepford Wives and the House of Dark Shadows was actually, some of it was filmed inside the Lockwood Matthews Museum, um, Mansion in Connecticut. So we're going to stop by and see that. The Mark Twain Museum. And we're also going to obviously stop and see the Mystic Seaport because even though that has nothing to do with film and television, um, of course, it's just Mystic Connecticut and you can't not go. And we're going to stop by the Schubert Theater. There's a couple of indie bookstores that we're going to be going to where I'm going to be signing a couple copies of my books. Um, I'm excited about that, and I'll keep you posted on where that's going to be. And then finally, uh, just because, again, it's fun, is that we're going to go to the, the Pez Visitor Center because what kid, including myself, hasn't eaten Pez, and I wanted to see that. But what also has something to do with um, film and TV is the Sift Bakery. And you're probably like, Lisa, what? How does that have to do with film and television? Well, the Sift Bakery is owned by Adam. And Adam is the winner or was the winner um, of a show on Food Network. And Adam Young, um, when he made his food on the show, I mean, I think I drooled more than I ever have before. So I made it a point to make sure that the Sift Bakery was part of our tour and I'll keep you posted and do pictures and all that fun stuff and let you know what you should eat. My budget is, I think, biggest for food on this trip, just so that I can try all the things that Adam is going to be making. And hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to him for a couple of seconds, uh, but I'm not sure about that. But in the meantime, that's my list. Um, but it also doesn't mean that I haven't had time to watch movies and television. Some of my favorite TV shows this year has been Good Girls, um, which is just, to me, it's like Breaking Bad for women um, with, with women characters. It's just so well written. And, and I really put Breaking Bad on the top of my list when it comes to the writing of it. And Good Girls has definitely taken notes from them. They are, it is a fantastic show, worthy of your attention. And if you haven't watched it, go back and watch. I think Netflix has previous previous seasons, so I would go there and watch it. Of course, I'm waiting for The Good Place to come back, and I'm sadly watching The End of Jane the Virgin, uh, which is also a very, very well-written show. Um, 
I've watched many movies this year, and I'm going to name them, and I'm going to name them quickly because I want to get to my interview. But it's Rocketman, Aladdin, The Hustle, Palms, Avengers Endgame, Shazam, Dumbo, Five Feet Apart, Captain Marvel, What Men Want, Fighting With My Family, Isn't It Romantic, Stan and Ollie, The Upside, and Mary Poppins Returns. And those are the ones I just saw in theaters. My favorite, uh, and Carrie and I talk a little bit about this in the interview, I thoroughly enjoyed Rocketman, and I'll talk more about that later. Stan and Ollie was fantastic, and I'm a WWE fan, and I had high expectations for fighting with my family, and I thought it really did a great job. But the faster thing for me to tell you is which ones I didn't like, and I thought The Hustle was horrible, and I hate to say that because when movies are made and starring women, I always like to hope that they do well. This did not. Don't waste your time. Palms I thought was cute. It wasn't the book club. Book club was hilarious, but it was cute. Uh, it's definitely worth something if you want to see it with your mom or with a friend and you just you know want to watch it on Netflix or when it comes out or on Redbox or something. Um, I thought it was cute. You know, it, it wasn't great. But I'll tell you a little bit more about Rocket Man later. In the meantime, I want to get to this interview. Um, so it's awesome to be back, and I'll have more information on film and TV travel and future podcasts. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this interview with Carrie Fiveco Campbell and her trip to the Pioneer Woman's Mercantile. Mercantile, I don't know. We'll figure that one out. But I've been a fan of the Pioneer Woman for years. I have several copies of her cookbook. I've watched her. I've made several of her recipes. And I really um, hope to one day also go to see this. So I was really in, enthusiastic to hear what Carrie had to say. So today on Real Travels, I am thrilled because I've known this particular guest for quite a while, and I'm so excited that she's on this show. And she's an author friend of mine, and her name is Carrie Fivecoat Campbell. And besides loving her name, I also love the books that she puts out, and her most recent one is Living Large in Our Little House. And we're going to talk a little bit about her book, and we're also going to talk about her trip to Oklahoma to see the Pioneer Woman's, Pioneer Woman's Mercantile Store. And if you're a fan of the Pioneer Woman, like I am, uh, you know, you, you probably have it on your list of things you want to see. And we're going to talk a little bit about her trip out there and what she saw and what she liked about it and a few other things, too. So, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. So, you know, you and I have known each other for quite a while, and but the, the listeners don't. So tell them a little bit about this book, Living Large in Our Little House. And it's a little house. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's 480 square feet. It isn't really tiny, but it is it is small. And um, the subtitle to the book is, uh, well, it's called Living Large in Our Little House, Thriving in 480 Square Feet with Six Dogs, a Husband, and One Remote. And we did have six dogs at one time in the house. Uh, they're all house dogs. And um, so we've lived here for, uh, this will be our 12th year here. And um, the book was published in 2016, and the paperback was released this spring. And it tells our story about uh, how we downsized and why, and uh, all the benefits to that, as well as some of the, the things that we didn't like too much about it. And it also uh, tells about a dozen other stories of people that live in either tiny houses or small houses under 1,000 square feet. 
I am obsessed with the tiny home shows on TV and what they do and how they create them to give so much space. Like, I'm in a, a raised ranch right now. It's about, I think it's 1,700 square feet, and I'm about to downsize. I would love to live in, like, 400 square feet of, like, not really having very much to clean and just not having very much stuff. How did you get started in saying, we need to be in a tiny house? Well, we built this house as a lake house, our vacation home, and we decided in 2007, after my mother passed away, that we kind of needed a change. My husband was also going to lose his longtime job up in Kansas City due to a buyout of the company, and so we decided to go ahead and move down here to our lake home, and we were going to build a, another house, a 1,000-square-foot house, and have that as our main living quarters and our 480-square-foot cabin as a guest house and my office. But then the recession came, my husband was laid off, and we decided not to go in that, into that much debt. And uh, fast forward to 2018, it's a good thing we did not because my husband suddenly passed away from a heart attack last November. So um, now my house was paid for, and I don't have to worry about it, uh, about another big mortgage. And um, it is very easy to clean. It's very easy to uh, upkeep. Uh, and especially now that I'm on my own, so and I and I, I'm down to three dogs. So <laughs> <laughs> first of all, I'm I'm very sorry to hear about your husband, and you know a lot of people do that because they don't want those big expenses should something happen, and and that's amazing that it it kind of lined up where it helped you in the long run, you know, and and right. Is this a movable house? Like, can you put it on the back of a trailer? Oh, no, no, it's on a foundation. And uh, and then some people say we cheat because I also have a 320-square-foot office on the property. We have uh, I have 10 acres here, and so uh, I do have a separate office. But, uh, you know, people have separate uh, working quarters, or, uh, you know, all the time. Uh, they either have to go to a job or they have maybe a separate room or uh, separate quarters in their big house. So I don't think it's really cheating to have have my office here on the property as well. Oh, I don't think it's cheating either. Uh, those naysayers could just go away. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, living in, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I'm able to live in 480 square feet, and uh, the, the biggest challenge is not keeping it, uh, or keeping it not cluttered. Uh, I have a one-in, one-out policy. If I buy a shirt, another shirt has to go, uh, so things don't get cluttered in the house. That's a really good policy. I wish I had started that with my kids 20 years ago. I wouldn't be dealing with all the stuff I'm downsizing right now, especially toys and old books and things. I mean, Although I love old books, but, you know, all the things that I'm like, oh, if I had only done that years ago, this would be so much easier. <laughs> you know? Oh, I know. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of a lot of books right now because I did keep a lot of books. Um, Tiny house people have, uh, and writers, of course, uh, have a love of books for some reason. So I'm getting rid of, rid of the books that I just don't absolutely love and can't, and uh, and uh, the ones I can live with on a Kindle. And uh, so that's what I'm trying to do right now is kind of downsize that, and then also go through my paper files and and uh, things like that. And then, of course, uh, uh, doing away with some of my husband's things that I don't need. So. 
Well, you know, I could probably use a lot of tips from you as I go through this process, but you're also getting ready. You, you're, like you talked about before, you know, you're traveling now, and you don't just stay in this little house. You're out seeing things and seeing the world at this point and getting out there. Let's talk a little bit about your trip, uh, first trip to, to the mercantile, um, you know, and, and why did you decide? Have you always been a Pioneer Woman fan? Yeah, my husband and I love the Pioneer Woman, and I don't, I, I don't know how many years we've been watching her. I think maybe since the beginning. And uh, so we would, we would DVR it and, uh, and, and catch up on them through the week. Or sometimes if uh, he wasn't working on Saturday mornings, we would watch her live on Saturday mornings. But uh, we were pretty big foodie people, and so we loved to eat and we loved to cook. And uh, so the Pioneer Woman was great because she kind of has a similar lifestyle, uh, living rurally. Uh, and uh, of course, we weren't cooking for a bunch of kids or or ranchers or ranch hands, but we uh, we loved to cook and grill and and we loved her recipes because they were easy. And so we had been wanting to go to the Pioneer Woman's place uh, for a couple of years. Well, ever since they opened the Mercantile, we were excited about it. And unfortunately, I got really uh, sick uh, with a digestive issue, uh, ironically, uh, back in 2017. And uh, it took them almost a year to diagnose it, and then I had several surgeries. And uh, by the time I was recovering, uh, my husband had used all of his vacation time for, uh, to spend time in the hospital with me, so we didn't have any vacation left. We planned on spending this trip this year, but unfortunately, he didn't get to do it uh, in body with me. So uh, a good friend of mine who I do uh, girlfriend getaways with, who I've known since kindergarten, uh, she and, and uh, another friend of ours, Laura, uh, we went to school with, we met their, Laura in junior high. Well, Laura couldn't do the Pioneer Woman trip, but Shelly wanted to do it really bad. And so I said, well, let's you and I go do it then. And, and uh, I found to do the things that uh, my husband and I had put on our list that we didn't get to do together. And so uh, Shelly and I went a couple of weeks ago uh, over Memorial Day weekend and just had a really good time. We didn't have any Drummond sightings, although because we kept missing uh, Lad Drummond, the, the husband. Uh, evidently was in town. We were told that Ree was in California visiting her sister, but Lad was in town, and he, he he was there on Friday morning, and we didn't get there until Friday afternoon because we had to take a few detours because of the flooding in Oklahoma. Some of the roads were closed, and uh, so we didn't see him on Friday morning, and then somebody told us he was back in the Mercantile because that's where their offices are on the second floor. Um, he was back in the Mercantile Friday night, but we missed him that night, too. So, unfortunately, we didn't have any Drummond sightings, but we still had a really good time. So, how, who did you ask about the Drummonds? Because, like, did you have somebody helping you and trying to spot them, um, or did you just ask around? It's a, it's, a, it's a really tiny town, and everybody knows everybody's business, including what the Drummonds are doing. So, uh, the people at the Mercantile knew, uh, the people at the restaurants knew, uh, our hotel clerk knew. <laughs> <laughs> who all was in town and who wasn't. So, and they, they're pretty willing to share that information. Oh, that's cool. And when you got there, I saw that you – did you stay at the Frontier Hotel or did you just, like, visit it? Oh, no, we stayed at the Frontier Hotel. And that is not a Pioneer Woman property. It's, it's uh, owned by another company. Uh, the Pioneer Woman uh, does have a bed and breakfast there, but it is booked a year in advance. So when Shelly called about our trip in January, it was already booked until next January. So 
and um, and it's a uh, it's a and they call it the triangle building there in that town because it is a triangle. And so if you get the rooms on the on the uh, wide end, of the, uh, you'll get bigger rooms. And if you get rooms on the pointy end, you'll get smaller rooms. But we had a room on the wide end, and it was just, it was huge. It was bigger than my house, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and when you went to the store, like, tell us a little bit about what the setup was. And was it as, as I mean, because I watched those episodes where, they were remodeling the place, and, you know, she was working mm-hmm. on it. And I, I want to see it one day, too. But what was there? Like, what do they have? Well, we were, we were just a little surprised because it is a little bit smaller than what we were expecting. But it's still a big store. And they have all kinds of things, all kinds of her, uh, you know, branded items uh, and uh, on the first floor. And then uh, as well as the uh, restaurant is on the first floor. And if you go there on a busy weekend and go there during breakfast or lunch, you're probably going to have at least an hour wait. We had an hour wait for lunch on Friday and then uh, not too bad of a wait, probably about a half an hour on Saturday morning because we got there early because somebody told us that Lad sometimes comes in for breakfast on Saturday mornings early. So we got there uh, early to try to spot him, but we didn't spot him. But um, And then on the second floor uh, are their offices plus a bakery, and plus there's a big seating area, and you can kind of just sit up there and uh, eat your baked goods and talk and rest, and uh, or if you're waiting for a seat at the, at the uh, restaurant, you can sit up there. And it kind of overlooks the little downtown area, which is really kind of quaint. And um, it, it's just a, it's a very neat thing if you're into history and if you're into uh, Americana and saving small towns, because I believe... Uh, fully believe that uh, this town probably would have went under had it not been for her uh, and bringing all that uh, business to the town because we were told that the building, the Triangle building, uh, if it hadn't been bought and refurbished, uh, that they were going to demolish it. And, uh, you know, as you look around downtown, all those stores are there because of the Pioneer Woman. So I can't imagine what it looked like before she, you know, opened that mercantile. See, that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is when they watch these food shows. Um, you know, you have like Guy Fieri who travels around and all he has to do is put a stamp of approval on a particular restaurant and people are flocking to that restaurant in an area that maybe they were visiting before but it wasn't as busy as it is now that he has the stamp of approval. And that's what's really important about shows like this you know, um, a few months back, I interviewed uh, Nacho. He won the Spring Baking Championship on Food Network. And he told me, too, that now that he's won and he knows other um, bakers that have appeared on these shows, their bakeries just have done so much more business. And they get tourists coming in just to see them. So this this is why I do this. It's all about film and TV tourism and bringing more people to town and promoting and, you know, getting the names of things out there. So I think it's incredible what she's done for that town when, like you said, it, it could have went under. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so many small towns have. I mean, uh, I live in a small town in Arkansas, and the, in the, uh, uh, there's a big boat manufacturer in town, and if they weren't here um, – this town would have went under a long time ago, too. But, 
Uh, and, it, and it doesn't thrive, of course, but uh, it, it survives. And that's what most small towns in America are doing right now. Um, what, I was, what I was also going to say about the Frontier Hotel is that uh, it uh, also, in your rooms, you have a little kitchenette, and uh, you have a Keurig uh, coffee pot, and uh, they built it kind of like a studio apartment. And they told us they did that just in case, you know, the tourism thing didn't work out. Uh, they could convert those to uh, lofts and studio apartments. So um, it's, a, it's a very neat hotel, and it's, it's very rustic, uh, and you actually get keys uh, to your door. You don't get cards. Uh, you actually get the 100-year-old keys that were original to that hotel, and you have to pay a $40 deposit because they want those original keys back. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. How cool is that? Wow. And, yeah, yeah. And, you yeah, know, being – being that this is the pioneer woman and you did eat, you got to tell me, how was the food? It was uh, oh, just amazing. Uh, uh, what you would expect it to be. Uh, on uh, Friday afternoon, my, my friend had chicken fried steak, and uh, I had a, a beef uh, short rib, and, and that was just simply amazing. We ate so much on Friday afternoon at about 1 o'clock that we couldn't eat anything else the rest of the day. And there is, she has a pizza restaurant across the street from that, and um, where you can get drinks and alcohol at night, too. Uh, the only place in the, in the town that serves alcohol. And so we went over there fully intending to be able to uh, eat some pizza and uh, have some wings or something, but we, could, we couldn't even eat. We were still so stuffed from um, Friday. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> So about the only thing we did was, was have a few drinks there at the bar, but um, the only thing I did not like, we didn't like, we ordered the steer, uh, bloody steer, bloody Mary, and it was it was way way too hot for us. Uh, I went ahead and finished mine, but Shelly Shelly took one drink of it and she was like, I can't do this. And um, but that was the only disappointment that we had. The breakfast the next morning in the Mercantile was just awesome. I had the best waffle I think I've ever had in my entire life. It came with three different uh, flavor butters. Uh, one of them was raspberry, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, and then there was a then there was regular butter, and then you had a choice of five different flavored syrups. So I had raspberry butter on my waffle with vanilla syrup, and it was just it was a to die for. And Shelly kind of got a sampler with with a lot of things on it, and uh, and she left most of her food. And uh, of course, we bought baked goods to bring back. And uh, it, it, like I said, it was just awesome. And the other thing I was going to say, too, about this, uh, when I was saying that they'll share with you about who's in town, which one of the drummers is in town, or if they don't think any of them are, or, um, because that's part of the that's part of the shtick, I think. Uh, because when uh, when Lad comes in or Ree comes in to the mercantile, uh, we were told that they will uh, talk with the customers. Uh, Lad even came in and said uh, he was having breakfast there one morning and came and picked out a table and said, can I have breakfast with you? Do you mind if I sit with you? Uh, they're just really personable people and, and the people that they represent themselves to be on television. So uh, down home, you know, uh, folksy and, uh, you know, ready to make friends with anybody. Wow, that's really cool to know because you just never know when, when you're watching something, if you're seeing uh, persona that they're not like, you know, once the cameras are off or you're actually exactly. seeing the real person, you know. 
That's awesome. Exactly. Now, let well, me ask you. Uh, they, do, they do give uh, tours uh, sometimes. So you have to you have to look at the website and see whether, whether the, it's open or not because they do do tours of the lodge when they do all the filming. Uh-huh. And so if they're doing production or something like that, uh, if it's production season, they don't do the tours. But we were we happened to pick a time when the travel tip. Thank you for that, you know, and and let me ask you, have you ever done this before where you've seen something on TV, whether it be a movie or a TV show, other than the Pioneer Woman and opting your cards that I need to either see where that was filmed or go to that particular museum or studio? Have you ever done this before? No, not really. The only thing, you know, my husband and I did when we went out to LA many years ago is we had to see that Hollywood sign and Did you like the movie? 
Yeah, I love the movie, and uh, it did make me more excited. I, I, I cannot wait to see him now in, in person, and it, uh, it gave you a better, it gives you a better perspective on his early years, uh, which were pretty tough, and um, and why he had those addiction issues, and and why he may have developed the reputation to be hard to work with, and, and moody, and things like that. He had a, he, he had a pretty rough young life, so uh, it gave you a better perspective on what was going on in his life and why all that. Uh, why all that happened, and and uh, and more more appreciation for who he is now, which is uh, evidently a uh, you know well balanced, well rounded family man. So, all right, so I'm going to put you on the spot before I let you go, just for a split second. So my family has this thing where every movie we see, we have to rate from zero to ten, ten being the best. So, what would you rate Rocket Man? Okay. Uh, Rocket Man, uh, uh, ten being the best, you say? Yep. I would rate it as a nine. Wow. Well, I'm going to see it this coming Saturday, so I will have to let you know what my rating is on it, and um, I get back to you on that. And please let us know how the the concert was and seeing you know and your trip uh, to Austria. And where can my listeners follow you? How can they follow you? Uh, they can go uh, on Facebook at Living Large in Our Little House. And uh, I don't add too much to the blog anymore. I'm trying to uh, decide what direction I want to take that at this point uh, because, of course, the, uh, the, the life that my husband and I shared in our little house is, uh, is no longer. So uh, I, I probably will uh, direct that more toward, instead of a couple living in a, in a tiny house, direct it toward middle-aged women uh, who have, by whatever circumstance, uh, have downsides and uh, are living by themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, they can go to livinglargeinourlittlehouse.com and uh, kind of follow what I'm going to be doing uh, with that website coming up. Excellent. Again, the name of the book is Living Large in Our Little House, and it's Carrie Five right. Coat Campbell. And please buy the book. It's an awesome book, and Carrie's a fantastic writer. And I, like I said, am obsessed with little tiny houses, so I think this is fantastic. I might find myself with a 400-square-foot home when I put this one up for sale. So I'm, I'm going to look at it for tips and suggestions, and just because they're cool. They're cool little homes. Yeah. So please support Carrie and, and her book. You know, they're, they're, they're economical, and they, and they uh, help the environment, and uh, because you're not using uh, you know, a lot of goods and things like that. So... Uh, and then another disclaimer on Rocketman uh, is that uh, people should not go into that thinking it's, it's Bohemian Rhapsody because it's not. It's a musical. Uh, so don't don't compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody. It's, it's a totally different format. So. Yeah, you know, I think that's hard, too, because the timing that it came out with Bohemian Rhapsody just out recently, it's so hard not to compare them. You know, and I think a lot of people are going to do it just because they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to compare the, the, the Freddie one to the Elton's. And, and like you said, they're two different styles of movies. So, you know, just right. go and enjoy right. them. That's what they're there for, for us to learn a little bit more about who these guys were and how they became who they are and the success that they had. So that's all I do. I go sit in there with my popcorn and enjoy a movie. And I yeah. just want to... Yeah, and that's, that's what you should do. And... Um, just keep in mind that Elton John is very flamboyant. He always has been, and, and so the movie is, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's that's perfectly fine with me. I love Freddie, too. So, as a matter of fact, I'm wearing an Adam Lambert shirt, and Adam took over for Freddie after he left, you know, after he had 
fortunately passed, and now they're, they revised the group, and he's touring with uh, Queen now. Um, and I love Adam Lambert. Um, I think he's a phenomenal singer, uh, and I've been following him since his days on Idol. So, you know, uh, that's that's a whole other story in of itself. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. I know you've been very busy getting ready, ready for your upcoming trip, and I'm so thrilled that you decided to spend a few minutes with me today. Thank you so much, Carrie. Well, thank you for inviting me, Lisa. It was a joy. Yes, it was. And again, uh, Carrie's website is livinglargeinourlittlehouse.com, and you'll be able to read more about her. Uh, As I mentioned in the interview, I had not seen Rocket Man when I did the interview with Carrie, so I obviously have seen it since then. And we do rate in my family every movie that we see, and I gave it a 10. I thought it was terrific. And another movie that I gave a 10 would be Toy Story 4. And I forgot to include that one on my list, and I don't know how I missed that. But I saw that, and that is just, uh, Toy Story will always have a special place in my heart. It was the one franchise that my kids grew up with, and they do a great job of incorporating toys that I grew up with. So, you know, you had the ability to just identify with the story and see your toys come to life. It's just such a well-done franchise, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not going to give away any spoilers. Uh, My daughter would probably tell you that I had a feeling about something in it, but I'll let you find that out for yourself. (laughs) In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for being with me today and for following me on Twitter. And in case you're not, you can find me at The Virgin Traveler on Twitter. You can like Real Travels on Facebook. I'm also The Virgin Traveler on Instagram. So I'm finally, that one I'm a little slower. I'm old school. That one takes me a little bit longer. But uh, my Instagram will be going a little faster too as I get more involved in doing this. At the beginning of the show, I told you that I was working on another book and it's actually a sports travel book and it's along the same lines of the on location and it's really the sports lovers travel guide. And my other uh, identity here is I'm the co-founder of another podcast called Sports Palooza Podcast. And I've always been a sports fan, and there's so many things for you to see when you're out there, museums that are dedicated to sports and to your favorite athletes and uh, the history of, of baseball and basketball and football and hockey. And I just thought it would be great to have a place where all of that's compiled. And Glow Pico Press, who put out my first book, The On Location, is also the publisher for this book. It does come out next year. But I wanted to let you guys know that that's what I've been working on, and I think it came out pretty good. And I hope you guys like it, but I'll keep you informed as we get closer to the publication date. So on that note, I'm going to let everybody get back to their life, and and I'm going to get back to getting ready for another episode down the road. And I will be back with you guys very shortly. In the meantime, I hope you all get out and travel. (laughs) 